Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Christ. Let's look at the word and see what I'm talking about. In our text, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. The Apostle Paul is writing to his spiritual son in the faith, Timothy, and he's trying to teach him some things to, to help him guide the church and to be a good leader and to be the man that God called him to be. And one of the cool things I love about the Bible, even though this was written 2,000 years ago by a man named Paul to a man named Timothy, God inspired Paul to write this so it would not only be instruction for him then, but truth for us today. And he said to Timothy then and to us today, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now, he could have said airman, he could have said sailor, he could have said marine, but he said soldier. And I thank God for that. And that's funny right there. But look at what the word says, endure suffering along with me. So this indicates that somebody was suffering. Who's suffering? The guy that wrote this. Who's the guy that wrote this? The apostle Paul. He's saying endure suffering along with me. You don't hear a lot talked about in Christian preaching about suffering. I was walking through Walmart with my son the other day, and Seth and I were walking through. I stopped in the inspirational book section. I pulled down a book by America's largest church pastor, one, one of the leading authors in America today, uh, Pastor Joel Osteen, and he wrote a book called The Power of I Am. And I thought, well, I'm going to read the back jacket because, you know, you can figure a book out by reading the jacket. So I look at the back jacket, and I'm blown back. Not too blown back because I knew what to expect, but... I am, and it says the power of, and then in big giant letters, I am across the front. Now, if you've been in church for a while, if you've heard Bible stories or read the Old Testament, you know that when God sent Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt and told them, rise up, leave Egypt, and go to a promised place, Moses said, who will I tell them? Who should I tell them sent me? And what's your name? And God said, tell them I am. So I am has been an expression for God throughout the ages for the Christian church. So when I read from America's largest pastor, the power of I am, I'm thinking that this power is, is what? God. But I read on the back jacket that life begins when you realize how awesome you are and that you need to daily look yourself in the mirror and say, I am awesome. And I am amazing. And I am in authority. And I am powerful because real life begins when you find out how awesome you are. And I looked at my son. I said, son, do you know when real life begins when you find out how awesome what? He said, God is. I thought my 12-year-old got better theology than the man pastor in the largest church in America. But in America, we want to hear about how awesome I am and how great I am and build me up, lift me up. And certainly there's a time for that. But if you read the scripture, you're going to come into passages that are undeniable that say things like endure suffering along with me. Come. Always pause on the punctuation. Try to, try to figure out what the word is saying. Paul is telling him, I'm suffering. You're going to suffer too. And you need to endure it. Now, that word endure doesn't mean to complain about it as you go through it. That word endure doesn't mean to be angry, mad, and bitter about it. That word endure means to take it and deal with it and go through it in a positive way. Don't give up in the midst of it. And I want you to know this pie in the sky and the sweet by and by, this, this, this prosperity preaching that I hear all over television is a lie, is fake, is false. Tell the, tell the believers uh, around the world that they're all supposed to live in a mansion and drive a Mercedes. They don't even have Mercedes in, in, in most countries in the world. But this prosperity preaching I hear where everybody's supposed to be rich and everybody's supposed to never come to Jesus and all your troubles will go away, 
Listen, Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Jesus endured suffering. The great apostle Paul endured suffering and left this legacy for us. You're saying, Pastor, are you trying to depress me? No, I'm trying to ready you. I'm trying to ready you so that you will know when hardship comes your way, you just got to deal with it. One of the biggest questions I get in counseling over the last four decades is, Pastor, I just don't understand why, 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 why. Well, you thought everything was going to turn your way? What, what, who, who taught you that? You, th- you thought life was supposed to be fine and dandy and nothing but hard rock candy? It's, that just ain't the way. It's never been that way for anybody. It wasn't that way for Jesus. It wasn't that way for the apostles. I don't understand why life's so hard. The Bible says, consider it not a strange thing concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be tests. You got you to gotta let your test build a testimony. You, there's going to be mess. You got you, you to let a message come out of your mess. You, but you just can't expect, oh, I gave my heart to Jesus and I ain't supposed to go through nothing. You're supposed to go through it better. See, all struggle is going to do one of two things for you. It's either going to make you better or it's going to make you bitter. And I see too much bitterness in the world today. I see too many people complaining and quitting and giving up. Listen, if you're going to quit every time it gets hard, just stay home. I ain't talking about on Sunday morning. I'm talking about ever. Don't get out on traffic. Somebody can cut you off. Then what you going to do, fall apart and quit? Just, Just stop in the middle of 103rd Street, throw your keys on the ground. I can't drive no more. Can't do it. Can't. Too hard out here. People cutting me off. Right, light turning green. They don't want to go because they're texting. I quit. Just, if, if, if you're just going to buckle every time life gets hard, you just need to stay home all the time. Don't go to work. Something's going to happen at work. Somebody, somebody, the boss is going to get on you. Somebody's going to do something you don't like. Even if you're your own boss, a, cu- a customer, somebody's paying you money is going to do something. you got to learn, we've got to learn how to endure. Say endure. endure. Christian life's an enduring life. I want to tell you something. Whew, military people understand that. But military people learn how to compartmentalize stuff. Military people learn how to take stuff in segments. Military people, I remember my, uh, Jake asked me, Dad, what's the hardest thing they made you do? In basic training. I said, well, we did a lot of dumb stuff. But probably the most demanding thing was the 16-mile force march at the end of it in snow with 85 pounds on my back holding a uh, weapon at this position the whole time. 16 miles walking like this. My arms cramping, my back hurting, snow. We got steam coming off our whole platoon because it's 20 degrees outside and we're all sweating. Um, well, a lot of different things we had to go through, but in the military, you understand, it ain't going to last forever. It's, on, it's 16 miles. We got one mile down. I mean, we got how many left? You got to learn how to compartmentalize stuff. You're falling apart every time something happens. Listen, if, if, if you know, it's, you work from 7 to 3.30 and it's 2.15, you shouldn't be complaining about nothing. I'm about to clock out of here. I'm hey, I'm about to go. Y'all get y'all get into bed. I my sister worked for a pharmacy one time. Dina's working for a pharmacy. She was a girl at the counter. Everybody would go cuss out because the medicine wasn't ready on time. Don't be mean to people. And she didn't like that. She was like, it's just all day long. They they just they're just yelling at me and screaming at me and and like, why isn't my medicine ready? And I just can't make it ready. You know, we're waiting on the pharmacist. And I'm like, well, you got to learn how to compartmentalize that. Look at them and let them like, why isn't it ready? Because it ain't ready. <laughs> and I'm leaving in 30 minutes, so good luck with that. <laughs> Man, see, people in the military know how to segment stuff. You realize whether you're going to do three years or 30 years, you know it ain't, you ain't going to be there forever. And, and once you can see the end in sight, you get that short-timers mentality, you're like, I can stand on my head and stack peas in my nose for the next nine months. <laughs> Whatever y'all want to do, I can handle it. I, I know that, listen, you need to understand, trouble don't last always. 
You need to understand that this life is temporary. You need to understand that, that one day we're not going to be here anymore, that you just got to do the best you can with what you got as long as you can and, and, until this thing is over. You, you got to learn how to be enduring. The first thing I want you to understand this morning is that good soldiers endure suffering. Good soldiers endure suffering. See, in this life, no matter what you think, you don't get to choose your mission. Just like being in the military. You go in, and the recruiter tells you you get to choose your job. But if he told you the truth, and you really get to choose the job that you wanted, you still got to pass the class, or they're going to put you back. Now, when I was in, my, my job was 71 Mike. I was a chaplain's assistant. And so I had the greatest job in Army history, but I had to pass my MOS training. My military occupational specialty was 71 Mike, but they told us all, and we had half a dozen people fail that class, and they said, if you fail out of this class, you will either be an 11 Bravo, which is an infantry soldier. What's the nomenclature for cook? 35 kilo. You'd be 11 Bravo or 35 kilo if you don't make it through this class. And I'm thinking, well, they told me I'd be a chaplain's assistant. They didn't say if you fail this class, you're going to be an army cook for the rest of your life or you're going to be living in a, in a trench with a gun on your back for the rest of your life. But you, you, you don't get to pick your mission all the time, every time. What am I telling you? God has a road for you to walk, Christian. And you're going to have to endure that road. So many people can't embrace their place because they're too busy complaining, wishing it was something else. I'm just tired of going through what I'm going through. Go through it well and move on to the next thing. You won't be, you won't be, nobody's in the military forever and, and nobody's in life forever. And you got a certain amount of time that you got to go through what you got to go. The Bible says that we're the ones that throw the dice, but God determines how they fall. Now, hopefully you don't spend a lot of time playing craps. Hopefully you don't waste your whole paycheck, you know, playing, shooting dice. But you can't make seven come up. All you can do, is you, you can know that your point is four. You cannot make four come up. You can throw it, you can blow on it, you can twist on it, you can say you need a new pair of shoes, you can ask somebody to rub you on the back of your neck. You can do whatever you want to do. You can throw it underhand, you can throw it backhand, but you can't make the dice come up anything other than what they come up. Don't let nobody in Vegas fool you. The Bible says we throw the dice, but God determines how they fall. Our job is to get up every day and do the best we can with what we got. And whatever comes, we just deal with it. And we endure it because good soldiers endure suffering. He said, endure suffering with me as a good soldier. Now, here's the deal. Everybody that's a Christian is in the army of the Lord. So you're already a Christian soldier. But there's good soldiers and there's bad soldiers. And you got to determine which one you want to be. Now, I thank God. I got a copy of my DD-214 in my truck. I got a copy of my DD-214 in my office. I got a copy of my DD-214 in my safe deposit box. And I got a copy of my DD-214 at my house. Okay? Because I'm not about to lose my military paperwork. And I thank God for an honorable discharge from the United States military. And you never know when you're going to have to provide that paperwork to get on a base somewhere. You never know when you're going to have to get, provide that paperwork to get some job benefits somewhere. And there are good soldiers and there are bad soldiers, and I want you to understand, according to the Bible, you're a soldier in the army of the Lord, and you need to be a good soldier. You need to be a good soldier, and good soldiers endure suffering. You might be going through something right now that is just as jacked up as all get out. It might be the hardest thing you've ever gone through, but let me tell you something. Somebody else has been through it, and they made it through it, and if you learn to lean on God, you're going to make it through it too. Uh, people come into the church and and then they, they realize there's imperfect people in churches, that preachers are imperfect, that there's problems inside Christianity. Let me, let me go ahead and just, just prep you. Life is not perfect. People are not perfect. The, the, the church, any church in the world is not. It's so funny. I see these churches, they put these signs out front. Normal people. We're looking for normal people. No perfect people allowed. I'm like, who reads that sign and thinks, oh, man, I was going to go join that church, but they don't take my kind. There are no perfect people. And there are no perfect church. There's no perfect 
preacher and there's no perfect life. You're going to have to go through some stuff, but you're called to endure it. And enduring is not complaining and griping and arguing. Listen, I'm going to tell you something else. Everybody's all keyed up about this election. I'm so excited it's almost over. I can't stand it. I'm going to throw a party on Wednesday. I don't care who wins. I'm going to throw a party on Wednesday just because it's over. I'm going to be partying on Wednesday, and you leave me, send me a text because I'm going to be excited that it's over. Because I'm tired of seeing people argue and fight and complain and criticize and be mean and be hateful. None of that is enduring. And you don't change life by complaining all the time. you got to do the best you can with what you got. So for all non-patriots in the room and for everybody who hates America and you're part of that, if so-and-so leaves, if so-and-so wins, I'm going to leave America. Go and leave now. Don't wait. Beat the traffic. America don't need you. America's got millions of people standing in line trying to come to this country. Do you know that we have got seven times more people who've immigrated into this country that are living in this country right now legally than any other country on the planet? No other country in the world got people trying to, people like, America's not perfect. So I'm mad at America. America doesn't live up to its ideals. You don't live up to your ideals either. I don't see you protesting yourself. Go in the bathroom, look in the mirror. I ain't brushing my teeth. I disgust me. America doesn't live up to its creed, so I can't support America. You don't live up to your creed. Your, your, your grandmama having, having a birthday party. Everybody, mama tells you, y'all come in here, we're going to sing happy birthday to grandma. No, grandmama don't live up to her creed. I ain't singing for her. I'm going to sit in the corner and I'm going to protest grandmama because grandmama don't live up to everything she claims to be. You better stand there and sing happy birthday to grandmama. Listen, life's not perfect. The church ain't perfect. People ain't perfect. America ain't perfect. But living in America and being a Christian is the best life going. And if you can't deal with this, you're in bad shape. I read something this week. It, it was it was an... Uh, it was a group of people who had immigrated to America, and they were talking about why they loved America. And I saw some stuff, and it, and it talked about how every country has rich people, and that's true. And every country has poor people. But in America, the average person, the average man working an average job can live in his own home, drive his own car have money to go eat at a restaurant. This don't exist in every country in the world. It said the average man in America can save his money and, and, and take his family on a cruise to a different country. And living in America, the average woman can save her money and, and travel the world. That, that opportunity ain't there in most countries in the world. So if you're one of these people backstabbing America and hating on America because America ain't perfect and America don't live up to its creed, listen, rise up and go somewhere else and see how that's working out for you. Well, I can't support America because America don't treat gays right. Well, go to Saudi Arabia. They hang gays publicly for being gay in Saudi Arabia. Go make a living. Well, I can't support America because America don't treat women right. Go to any one of 75 Muslim countries on the other side of the ocean where women ain't even allowed to walk beside men. Well, I can't support America because they don't treat all races the same, all religions the same. Go to one of these countries. You know what will happen? You go over there and you start talking about bad about the Shah. I hear the way people talk about our president, and I think, you'd be killed in most countries if you talked about the president that way. They would just shoot you dead and leave you laying in the street. This is the truth. We're talking about women's rights and, and all these America don't live up to it. Find a country that is better than America and go there. That's all you got to do. Tell people I said that. i help them get there if they promise to never come back. But... I, I, I'm, I'm public on that. I am public on that. One-way ticket. You promise never to come back. If you hate America so bad, I will pick out a country on that map back there, and I will send you to Qatar. And we'll see how you like living over there. No air conditioning. You realize our poor people be rich in most countries? Our poor people sleep in rooms with air conditioning. 
You can rent a room $45 a week downtown in Springfield. Got AC, shared bathroom. You're like, oh, I need a private bathroom. That's because you're American and you're spoiled. People, our, our poor people got cigarettes, lighters that work, lottery tickets in their pocket, and a pillow to lay their head on at night. And a cell phone. And cable TV at the weekly stay joint. You know what I'm saying? Work three days at a labor pool, you can, you, you can pay for all that. It ain't like that in every country. You got to understand that you need to see the good in life. The reason people go through complaining, thinking life is so hard, because they won't count their blessings. The hymn writer said, count your blessings, name them one by one, and we'll surprise you what the Lord has done. You can choose to tell it any way you want to. Jacob tells me all the time, he's like, Dad, we, we can make people think our life is great, or we can make people think our life's bad, never telling a lie. I tell you, my wife died at 36 years old, left me a single father with a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and we watched her go from a 125-pound healthy woman to a 70-pound dying woman. Went through years of depression and hurt and difficulty. Uh, and you'd be like, wow, that, that, that must have been tough. If, if I tell you that we got annual passes to Disney World, and me and my kids go on cruises, and we travel the world, and, and we stay up laughing all night long, and we got cable TV and, and the NBA pass ticket, and we, get, we you know, then you're like, wow, you know, live in a beautiful neighborhood, uh, got a three-car garage, got, got more house than I need. You'd be like, oh, it must be nice. Well, it just depends on how you want to slice it. How are you slicing your life? Are you a complainer or are you an endurer? Because the Bible says good soldiers endure suffering. I read a quote this week, and I thought, man, that is what is wrong with America. There was a, a writer, um, uh, a social rights activist named James Baldwin in the 60s in America, and he put, he, he did one of his most famous quotes. I put it on my notes so we could see it. He said, I love America more than any other country in this world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. And I thought, let me see if I, this is one of them educated people writing stuff. Let me read it twice to see if I can figure it out, if I can understand it. He said, I love America more than any other country in this world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. I see a lot of people flowing with that mentality now. Whether it's won't stand for the national anthem or whether it's burning flags, you can go on YouTube and Google uh, burning U.S. flag. You can see people wiping their butt with the U.S. flag. You can see people peeing on Bibles and videos on YouTube and all these things that we have rights for. And now what has become popular is for people who are supposedly patriotic to say, I, I served in the military and I fought for your right to sit and criticize America. And, and that, that's this dude's mindset. He says that I love America more than any other country in this world. And you got these people criticizing America, saying they love America. Listen, you don't criticize what you love. I ain't never. I, it'd be like Deacon West saying, you know what? I love Nixa more than any other woman in the world. And I, that, that's why I like to criticize her publicly, so she'd be the best wife I can have. <laughs> that don't work like that. You, you shouldn't go around publicly just condemning everything if you really love something. You say, well, I can't fully support or love something that's so flawed. Everything is flawed but Jesus. Everything is flawed, including us. That's what I told you, all these people getting offended and mad at the church, quitting the church. Well, I'm not going back to the church because they offended me. You keep going home at night. Why don't you get offended at yourself? You don't ever get mad. You don't protest yourself. You don't criticize yourself. We got to learn how to be less complaining and more enduring. Realize, hey, life's going to throw some stuff at me. I'm going to bob and I'm going to weave. I'm going to duck and dodge and I'm going to get through it. I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to be the best man, the best woman I can be. Verse 4 says, as Christ's soldier, do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life. For then you cannot satisfy the one who enlisted you in his army. Second thing I want you to realize is good soldiers don't get confused about their mission. Good soldiers don't get confused about their mission. If the military says you're leaving where you are and you're going somewhere else, okay, when they told me that I was going from Fort Monmouth, New Jersey to Fort Polk, Louisiana, home of the 7th Infantry Division mechanized, and that I was going to be at a TRADOC facility, they didn't ask me for a vote on that. 
They didn't say, you good with that? Does that fit into your game plan? Or are you going you gonna to smile through the whole thing? They said, this is your mission. Here's your packet. This is where you're going. It's how long you're going to be there unless we change our mind. People are like, uh, get so excited. They're like, oh, my son just got restationed in Jacksonville. Going to do six years here. Well, maybe. I've, I've been around the military my whole life. They telling me to do six years here. Tell the Department of Defense needs change, and they got to go do three of those six somewhere else. See, good soldiers don't get confused about their mission. The mission comes from up top. The mission comes from your superior, and you just got to do it. See, this is where people are like, well, I just don't understand why I'm going through all this. Read your Bible, say your prayers, do the best you can, and go to sleep at night. That's all you can do. Stop being confused so much all the time. Well, I don't understand why, why this happened to so-and-so. I don't understand why this happened to such-and-such. I don't understand in 2016 how we can still be such-and-so. All that stuff's bigger than us. All that, get up, read your Bible, say your prayers, eat a little something, do the best you can to go to sleep at night, get up and do it all again tomorrow. You can't get confused about your mission. Your mission is to be the best man or woman you can be, to trust God and let God have his way. But the mission comes from up top. See, as Christians, we, we start out all fired up. People get saved, and they're like, anything you want me to do, Pastor, uh, three months from now, they're out, you know, back fell out, cussing everybody and forgetting about everything. People start all fired up, and life's going to be great, but then life happens. Somebody dies. Somebody stabs them in the back. They lose their job, car gets repoed, something bad, struggle goes on. They don't understand that Christians are about enduring, and they don't have Drill Sergeant Robinson's voice in their head telling them this ain't Burger King. You don't get it your way. It's going to be what it's going to be. See, and if you can have that in your mind, I'm not talking about fatalism. I'm not talking about giving up. I'm talking about making a good life with what you have, playing with the cards you got dealt, not complaining all the time, wishing you had aces. Life ain't always going to come up aces for you. Sometimes you're going to get a 3-5 with nothing else. Sometimes you're going to get a 3-9 a, a and nothing to do with it. it. Life's not always going to come up the way you want it to. But it's not about whether or not you're on a high day or a low day. Your mission is still to trust God every day with the life he's given you and to be the Christian man, the Christian woman that God has called you to put that verse four back on the screen for me it says as christ soldier do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life do you realize that the devil wants you to do what god is telling you not to do he wants you to get tied up in the affairs of this life he wants you concentrating on everything other than christ politics Racial disparity. He wants class warfare. He, what, whatever it is, he wants, he wants you caught up in it. Sports, entertainment, whatever it is, he wants you caught up in it. Depression, anxiety, nervousness, worry. Whatever it is, making money, being famous, being rich, whatever it is, being popular in school, he wants you tied up in normal, natural, unsafe thinking kind of stuff. Why? Because if he can get you thinking about stuff outside of your own personal responsibility to be a Christian, he can take you off mission. He can take you off mission, but good soldiers don't get confused about their mission. They don't get tied up. And if, of course, you got to vote. You're going to have a political persuasion. You're going you're gonna to believe one way or another about abortion. You're going to believe one way or another about should gay people be able to adopt children. You're going to believe one way or another about uh money and finance and, and economics and you're going to believe one way or another about all this stuff and you 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 know you got to live in this life i get that and you got to be concerned about stuff and you need to be compassionate about people and you need to help people i get that you need to be concerned more for hurting folk than rich folk I, that's christianity right there by the way i have to be a different message but we got to live in this life but don't get tied up in this life you say well how do i know if i'm passing that test well let me ask you this do you spend more time complaining or more time praying? There's a good, there's a good barometer for you right there. You, you spend more time talking about what you disagree with or praying about what you disagree with. You spend more time talking bad about people or praying for people. See, this, this, is, this is just easy. You know, old, old folks said you talk about me much as you please. I'm talking about you on my knees. 
See, you can complain and whine and argue all, all you want to. You can stay on social media and get frustrated. You can watch TV. You can join every march, every rally, every protest. Or you can realize, you know what? I got so much to deal with just in keeping my head together, just in keeping my eyes on the Word of God and, and, and keeping my soul praiseful and prayerful. I ain't got time to be dealing with a bunch of mess. People ask me, Pastor, we're going to go to this march. We're going to go to that march. We're going to pick at abortion clinics. We're going to go down and, and rally against this. Man, I, I'm trying to read my Bible, say my prayers, raise my children, stay alive, and get through the end of the day. I don't have time for all that other stuff. Why? Because it's a full-time job just keeping myself on track with the Lord. You say, well, you must be a train wreck. You too. I just know it. I'm ahead of the game. I know it. You want to know how somebody's crazy? It's free for y'all. I got a degree in psychology. It's free for y'all. Here's how you know somebody's crazy. You ever hear somebody say, I ain't crazy, they're crazy. Boop. You want to know how you're dealing with somebody that's got it together, that, that you can trust, you can make a life with? They say, well, you know, I got issues, but God's keeping me together. Now you got somebody honest as ahead of the game right there. They know what's going on. That I ain't crazy, they're crazy. Now, I ain't got time to get tied up in the affairs of this life. I, I, I'm, I'm busy trying to stay on track with the Lord. And if you don't stay busy trying to stay on track with the Lord, you're going to get tied up in this life, and look what the Word says happens then. Then you can't satisfy the one who enlisted you in his army. This ain't our army. This ain't, our, our, this ain't about us. It's about God. It, they, they, they came out with a song, Christian song years ago, called Not To Us. And they were, they were, they, it was the, whole, the whole thing was, the whole thought was, it's not about us, it's about God. I don't know very many people that live that way. Because when people come schedule time with me, get in my office, they're, they're, it, it's always about them. It's always about how unfair stuff is and how they don't understand stuff. And I'm thinking, you know what, have, have you prayed about this? How much Bible are you reading? Are you serving the Lord? Are you staying on track spiritually? Because if you don't stay on track spiritually, you're going to get caught up messing around with this life, and then you're not going to be able to satisfy the one who, who enlisted you into his army. The church belongs to God. Je Jesus said that he will build his church, and your life belongs to the Lord if you call yourself a Christian. We have given our lives to him because he gave his life for us. If you don't choose to stay focused every day, on being all that God has called you to be, you're going to get tied up in this world. And you're going to find yourself more involved in sports than what a Christian ought to be. You're going to find yourself more involved in politics than a Christian ought to be. You're going to find yourself more involved in complaining and stressing out than a Christian ought to. we got to stay focused on what the mission is. We can't get confused about the mission. Verse 5 says this, follow the Lord's rules for doing his work. Just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize. Follow the Lord's rules for doing his work. Come. There's rules that you got to obey. People just want to do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. That ain't Christianity. That's the Adams family. That ain't Christianity. That, that is worldly living. God has rules for doing his work. It says just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize. Okay. There's people in this room that, that think that they're fast in running and that they, could probably, they think they could beat me in a quarter mile. One lap around the track, okay? Now, you take the fastest dude on the planet. Well, not the fastest dude on the planet. You take the fastest dude in this church, and I will race him around that track, and I will win if I don't keep the rules. Because I'll get on a motorcycle or a car or I'll cut across the infield and circle back. This the start line, got to go all the way around to get to this. I'll be like, okay, bet. I'll cross the finish line. He just now ain't even got 200 yards out the gate. But you got to follow the rules. You can't win a prize if you're just always breaking the rules. People wonder why their life's so jacked up. You ain't following the rules. There's rules for doing the Lord's work. And you're going to end up getting disqualified 
and winning no prize. There's nothing worse, well, a few things worse than being a Christian and flunking out. Paul, Paul said that if we, in this, if we only have hope in this life, we're above all men most miserable. If you're coming to church and you ain't really saved, if you're coming to church and you're trying not to drink, not to whoremonger, not to fornicate, if you're trying to quit smoking, cussing, drinking, hanging out with all, with all your buddies, if, if you're coming to church and you ain't really saved, you ain't reading your Bible, praying and, and, and enjoying your relationship with God, and you're going to die and go to hell anyway, you've got a bad life. If you're going to be saved, you need to follow the rules. You need to get on with it. You need, you need to be in this thing to win this thing. This is what good soldiering is all about good soldiers follow the rules that's the third point good soldiers follow the rules non-soldiering people hate to follow the rules don't tell me what to do we live in a rebellious day and age we live in an anti-authoritarian society we live in i told y'all these 12 13 14 year olds got fake grills in their mouth wearing their pants down around their knees holding on to their britches Talking like they got Mark. Don't disrespect me. What's the what again? You ain't gonna disrespect me. I am. Well, huh? You ain't gonna disrespect me. Yeah. Don't. I. I. I go to my back pocket. You ain't gonna dis. What? You can't find your back pocket. It's on top of your shoe. We live in a world where people hate rules and people hate structure and people hate having authority over them. Do you realize what the devil had against God and what God had against the devil and why the devil got kicked out of heaven? The devil was a high angel, worship leader, nothing, ain't no hate, but he was in charge of a lot of stuff. And you know what he decided? I'm tired of God being the boss. I got all these angels following me. I bet I could rise up and overthrow this whole thing. Anti-authoritarian. Didn't want anybody to be his boss. Listen, got a third of the angelic host to go with him. Yeah, people ain't the only ones that are stupid. Listen, they rose up. Why? Because people hate authority. You want to find somebody who's not really in, in Christianity for real? You want to find somebody who's never going to be successful in Christianity? Find somebody who hates authority. The Bible says the sin of rebellion is the same thing to God as witchcraft. You're like, well, I would never do witchery, but you do rebellion? You talk bad about civic leaders? You talk bad about, you know, everybody you don't like? you just against everything? That, that to me is the, the worst part about this whole election. Every commercial I've seen has been about what, what's wrong with the other person, not what's right with them. Every commercial I've seen has been about what's wrong with their, with their opponent and how their opponent is going to destroy America. Listen, America is going to survive Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. God ain't shaking in heaven wondering who we're going to vote for. And people are like, you know, it, it's, it, all, but all their stuff is like, why my opponent so dangerous for America? You know, why, 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 why we can't, it's all about we can't let this person win. So it's like I'm casting an anti-vote. What am I doing here? I'm casting a vote so somebody else don't, I'm not really for my candidate. I'm just against everything else. Listen, that just, that's just rebellious, anti-authoritarian. Nobody wants to follow the rules. Nobody wants to be told what to do in this country. That's why Proverbs 9, 8 says this. Don't bother rebuking mockers. They will only hate you. But the wise, when rebuked, will love you all the more. You know, if you instruct your children and they resist you, they're in for a hard life. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. I, I had an old man tell me when I was young, if you're going you to be dumb, you better be tough because life's hard on stupid. <laughs> and it is. But if you rebuke, that's to correct, to tell somebody what they're doing wrong and what they should be doing about it. If you rebuke somebody, the Bible calls a mocker. That's just somebody out there complaining about everything, criticizing everything, don't want to be told what to do. They will only hate you. That's why I recommend to no one to ever be a pastor. People are like, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. Don't do it. Let him call you to do something else. Uh, and it do, I, I tell them the same thing my pastor I surrendered to preach under told me. Try to do everything else till you can't do anything but pastor. And then come talk to me again. Because 
part of my job, the Bible commands me to rebuke everybody. See, that's why you get a different me. We had a barbecue at Deacon Jimmy's house yesterday. You'll get a different me sitting on the couch eating hamburgers, drinking Dr. Pepper, talking about the football game, than you get a me standing up here doing my job. You get a different me, uh, you know, hanging out, going to a movie, sitting at a restaurant, talk, talking about life. It's my part of my job to call on my life is to reprove and to rebuke and to exhort. That's the command of God on my life. That's what pastors have to do. So I'm already guaranteed to be hated. Because the Bible says that half the people or some of the people that you rebuke are going to hate you. Next time you hear somebody bad talking about, somebody talking bad about an authority figure, you can just click in, the, in your mind. Mm, they're anti-authority. They're probably not going to make a good soldier. Because the wise, when rebuked, will love you all the more. I, I, every time I think about that verse, I think about my mom. Because my mom, I tell her all the time, Mom, I wish I'd just preach these fun messages that everybody just loved me for and, and tell me how, you know, how they just love the message and love me. And instead of telling me, Pastor, you were stomping on my toes today. You, 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 was, you, was, you was reading my mail today. Pastor, Pastor, you, you was making me think about hard issues today. And my mom said, son, keep stepping on, keep stepping on my toes because if my feet are pointing in the wrong direction, I need somebody to kick them back in the right way. And that's just wisdom. That's wisdom. Somebody who wants to, listen, if you are driving the wrong way on a one-way street because you're unfamiliar with it and somebody catches you parked this way at a red light, at an intersection, and they're like, hey, it's a one-way street. Now, if you're just a stone-cold fool, you'll be, forget you, man, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. Oh, there's that. Or it's like, oh, snap. <laughs> I'm glad they told me. I was about to go right into all that traffic up there. No. How do you deal with correction? That's going to tell you how, how far you're going to go as, as a good soldier. God says to live holy, not to prevent us from having fun, but to keep us from harm. The same reason parents tell their children not to hang out with them people down the street that ain't no good. They just hate my friends and don't want me to have any fun. No, they're trying to keep you off drugs and keep you alive, get you graduated. They just don't, my, my parents hate me. They just hate me. They hate me. They won't let me do anything. Ray Ray, Ray Ray's parents let him do everything. Ray Ray's parents are dope addicts. Ray Ray's daddy's in prison. They're trying to keep you together, get you graduated, let you have a chance at having a life. Rules help folk. Keep you out of harm's way. People are like, well, I can't do that Christian thing. It's too many rules. It's not there to harm you. It's there to keep you safe, to, keep, to help you. You got to endure hard times. You can't be confused about the mission. You got to follow the rules. But before any of that, you got to be willing to sign up. Talking about being a good soldier, you got to be willing to sign up. The Bible talks about God being the one who enlists us in, in the army. Listen to what Isaiah 45 22 says Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. You don't have to study world religion. You don't have to go on some spiritual quest. You don't have to go to, to Mecca for a year and try to figure out who the real God is. There's only one real God. He's the God of the Bible, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way to get saved is to look to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, Come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Too many people struggling in this life. Too many people straining, trying to make their own way. Jesus said, Come to me, and I'm going to give you rest. You want salvation? You want, you want to be a soldier in the army of the Lord? you got to come to God. Everybody's not willing to come to God. I see so many parallels between my experience in the army and God's army. Let me wrap it up by saying this. I remember when I first got invited to be in the army. A recruiter came to my school, Ed White High School, right up the street, and he tried to tell us how great the army was. And I sat there in that assembly and laughed. I'm like, I smoke weed. I can't join the army. I ain't giving up partying to join the army. Well, I got to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night to get up at 4. That ain't me. And, and I just laughed him. I didn't hear, could not hear anything that the recruiter was telling us about how awesome the army was because I'm thinking, give up my freedom? There ain't no way. That, that ain't me. I, I'd rather be homeless 
than, than, than do all that. But, but then there were all the commercials in the 80s about joining the military and, and, and serving and seeing the world and Uncle Sam wants you and be all that you can be. And, and, and that, but I thought, eh, giving up my freedom, letting somebody tell me what to do, ah, that still ain't me. But as the years went by, I kept feeling myself knowing that there had to be something more than what I was doing. Had to be more to life than what I was doing. I, I knew the life that I was living, uh, that, that there had to be something bigger than that. So I went to the recruiter when there was a Normandy Mall. And I went to the recruiter at Normandy Mall and walked in and talked to him. Now, the guy that was laughing at the recruiter was there asking the recruiter the questions. I, and, and I listened to him, and I listened to him tell me what it, what, what it would be like, and I thought, this is everything I want in life. Security, structure, unity, purpose, something bigger than myself to, to, to make an impact, to be part of something that's great. And so I joined the Army. It's the same way in the Lord's Army. God sends people your way to invite you to come to him. Or you may be, you may be one of God's recruiters, and you're out there telling your family. Telling your kids about Jesus. Tell, tell, telling people you care about. And God sends people, and, and people think, that ain't for me. And lost people are like, not me. You got the wrong one. I ain't giving up my weed. I'm not trying to be no church girl. I'm not, that ain't what I'm about. I'm, that's, you got the wrong one. I'm not going. Letting that pastor tell me what to do, giving my money. No, none of that. That's not me. And lost people laugh at God's recruiters. And they say, that's not for me. Because I don't want to give up my freedom, and I don't want to be a part of that. But then lost people start to see all the signs of Christianity, and they start to see the sun comes up, and somebody's got to make that sun come up. And the sun goes down, and somebody's got to make that sun go down. And then they start having questions, and they start thinking, well, maybe there's something bigger in life than just me. And they start looking. And some of you know that life is bigger than what you're doing right now, and there's got to be more than what you're doing. There's got to be something greater outside of you. You need to go to one of God's recruiters, and you need to start asking some real questions. Find a Christian friend and let them tell you how much better their life is now that they're saved than when they were lost. Because you know you want structure, you want unity, you want purpose, you want something bigger. Listen, God's calling for soldiers to sign up in his army. Some people are laughing at his call. And if you're here and you think that God's call is not for you and you're still laughing at his call the way I was laughing at the army recruiter in 1981 at Ed White High School, I want to tell you something, God loves you beyond your laughing. He's got a purpose for your life, and he's got a plan for your life. God's calling for soldiers today. Some people are listening. I hope you're listening. If you're here and you're not saved, I hope you're listening to God. I hope you're listening to the reality that God loves you, and he's got a plan for your life. I hope you're listening to your Christian friends when they let you know that Jesus is the only way. God's calling for soldiers. Some are laughing, some are listening, but some are longing to please him. See, we want to please the one that called us, enlisted us to be in his army. You got to understand, though, it's just like the military. It doesn't end just when you raise your hand and swear in. A lot of people think, you know, it's all over now. I gave my heart to the Lord. I've done what I need to do. That's just the beginning. It's like when you swear into the military, that's just the beginning. Then you got to go into your training and you got to learn how to be the soldier that, that you signed up to be. You got to go on through boot camp and, 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 and through your advanced individual training. You got to learn deeper things. You got to learn how to live out all the things to please our great commander. I want you to answer this question and we're going to go. Where are you really as it relates to God's army? Are you laughing at God's call for you to join his army? That just totally ain't for you? Okay. But at least be honest about it. Are you listening 
to God's recruiters who would tell you come to Jesus because he can save you? Or are you really longing to please him? Because we're all at one of those stages in life. And I hope if you're here and you're not saved, that you will realize that your life needs structure, it needs unity, it needs purpose, and it needs something bigger to live for than yourself. And you can find all that in Jesus. And not only that, you can have eternal life, and you can live forever in heaven with God's people. The Bible says there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. If you're here and you're not saved, you don't need to join a church. You don't need to walk an aisle. You just need to call on the Lord, and you just need to ask God to save you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the Lord shall be saved. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for loving us enough to allow us to be in your army. Help us, God, to please you. Help us, God, to live lives worthy of your calling. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, I just want to see this morning, is there anybody here that would say, Pastor Scott, I know I'm not fully a Christian. I know I'm not really all the way in this God's army thing. But you know you're ready to be in that. I want to invite you with every head bowed and every eye closed just to pray a prayer with me. This prayer is not magic. God's not going to sprinkle magic dust over you. But if you mean it in your heart, God said if you search for me with your whole heart, you'll find me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, not out loud, I just want you to pray this in, in, your, in your mind, in your heart. God says he can hear the thoughts in your head. If you know you're not saved, if you know you're not where you need to be with God, I just want you to pray right now a simple prayer asking God to save you. I'll say it out loud. You repeat it to me. You repeat it to God silently. Just pray. Dear God, I believe in you. And I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. Please forgive me of my sins and save me. Allow me to serve you. Make me the person you created me to be. Help me to love you. Let me be a good soldier in your army. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.